Today is a special day for all of us uh, this morning. It's something we only do once every two years at our church. Every two years, we have a group of students who have completed our Bible school. We call it King's Bible Institute. And every year we have a graduation, or not every year, every two years we have a graduation for those who have completed this course. And so today, as a part of our service, we're going to recognize those who have completed KBI. We're going to have a graduation this morning in the middle of our service. Yeah. We have uh, eight graduates who have completed it and who are here this morning. And so at this time, I'd like to welcome the 2019 graduating class of King's Bible Institute. All right, let's give them one more big hand this morning. Very excited and proud of all of them. All right. Thank you. You can be seated, graduates. At this time, we do have a valedictorian, and that is Edward Jimenez, and so I'm gonna invite Eddie to come and to give the valedictorian address this morning. Good morning. Uh, so glad to be here. In the words of President Theodore Roosevelt, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Taking the King's Bible Institute course series has truly made me realize how right Mr. Roosevelt was. When I first started KBI back in 2016, I felt I had found something special a golden opportunity to study God's Word in depth, and praise God was I right. Each and every class was a blessing. Every lecture was enriching. Attending class was one of the things that I most look forward to every week. By God's grace, I learned more than I ever could have dreamed possible. What we learned literally helped me get through some spiritual hard times that I experienced. Most importantly, I learned that in every single book of the Bible we studied, it's all about Jesus. That was our motto. Bible always points to the cross. KBI also gave me the chance to meet and fellowship with other Christians, beautiful brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to humbly thank my teachers throughout KBI, Pastor Matt, Pastor Mark, Pastor Terry Cisneros. I appreciate all of your instruction, patience, and wisdom from the bottom of my heart. At KBI, I had the time of my life. My only sadness was that it had to end. And to anyone considering enrolling at King's Bible Institute, I promise that it will be an incredible experience, and you won't regret it. 
Thank you for your time. Bless you. So just think, that could be you two years from today, right? So I'm going to address the graduates this morning, and I also have a word for all of us here today. How many of you love God's word? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that as a church, that's one thing that we can hang our hats on. We're people who love the Word of God. It's one of the things I love about this church so much. So graduates, uh, this is a little bit of a bittersweet moment uh, for me this morning. It might be for you too. Over the past two years, we've enjoyed many, many hours together. About 120 hours of lectures, if you came to all of the classes, and you came to most of them, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. 120 hours of lectures, all together including homework and studying and the tests. Each of you has invested around 400 hours into studying God's Word. That's quite an accomplishment uh, for each one of you. And so today we recognize your sacrifice, your diligence, in your dedication in studying God's Word. I'm sad that you won't be in class anymore. You're always welcome to come any Tuesday night at 7. You can come and sit in. But I am excited for what the future holds for each of you. And I don't believe that today is the end of a journey, but the beginning. And that the Word that has been invested into you and that you've hidden deep in your heart, that as the, as, as the Bible tells us that God's word is eternal, that it will continue to multiply and to grow and to bear good fruit in your lives. But before you graduate, I have one final sermon for you, and it's for all of us here today. It's not just for the graduates. So I would invite all of us this morning to open to Matthew chapter five, uh, 25. The book of Matthew chapter 25 this morning, we're going to look at a parable of Jesus this morning from Matthew chapter 25. And a, a parable is a, a way that Jesus communicated uh, with the people that he was teaching. And it's a fictional story. It's not a true story. It's not real events that really happened. It's a, it's a parable. It's a, it's a tale. But it's a fictional story that communicates an eternal truth. And so the, the truth that is contained within the parable is eternal. It is timeless. And so we can study the parables. We can, we can look at the parables of Jesus and, and pull out from them the truth that is eternal. And the truth that we find in this parable in Matthew 25 is that God has expectations for us. Did you know that God expects some things from you? Did you know that? We're going we're gonna to look and we're going to see one of the things that God expects from us, his people, his children, his servants. 
And the thing that God requires of us, we're going to look and we're going to see in Matthew chapter 25. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that, uh, as the Bible says, you've even exalted your word above your name. Lord, that it is powerful, that it is mighty. Lord, that it does bear good fruit in our lives. Lord, speak to each heart who's here today. Lord, I know there are so many here today from so many different backgrounds, from so many different situations, experiencing so many different things in our lives. Lord, I know that you love each one. Lord, you look it down and you see us as individuals. You, you know where we're at. You know what we need. So, Lord, speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey. What is the it he's talking about here? KBI students, have any idea? Well, to know what the it is, you actually have to go back to the beginning of chapter 25. And throughout chapter 25, what Jesus is talking about is the kingdom of God. God's kingdom here on the earth. And so what he's talking about is that when we enter into God's kingdom, or rather when God's kingdom is established on the earth, it will be like this. Now, when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, uh, he initiated, he inaugurated his kingdom. God's kingdom is at work in the world today. It's not at work in its fullest sense. We will certainly experience the fullest sense of the kingdom of God when Jesus returns from heaven and establishes his earthly kingdom. But at this point in time, the, the spiritual component of, of God's kingdom is at work in the world today. And so this is a parable about how God's people should act within his kingdom. How many of you would say that you're part of God's kingdom today? Okay, so this is for us. This parable is for us today. So... It will be like a man going on a journey who called together his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now, a talent is a unit, a measurement of money. And a talent was worth, listen to this, listen to how much one talent was worth, about 20 years of labor. 20 years. So think, think about it. Think about how much you've earned in your life over the last 20 or so years. That's one talent. So if you do some, you know, kind of napkin math, you can come up with, 20 years being about $600,000 if you made 30000 a year. If you made a lot more than that, it would be a lot more than that. But let's just say like minimum wage at the very lowest uh, unit of measurement, the lowest standard, one talent would be $600,000. That's quite a bit of money. Two talents would be $1.2 million dollars. Three, or five talents would then be $3 million. That's a substantial amount of money. 
Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> so this, sir, this master is, is going away on a long journey, a long trip. He does not know how long he will be gone. And while he is gone, he wants his servants to look after his estate. And so he, he divests his estate into money. He entrusts them with his property. He gives to one $600,000, to another $1.2 million, and to another $3 million. And then he goes away. The Bible says here that he invests the talents each according to the servant's ability. Verse 16 tells us what happened. It says that he who had received the five talents went at once, say at once, and traded with those in the market, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled his accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more for you. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. It shows you the master's perspective. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. I can just see him dusting the dirt off, you know, after he had dug it back up as he brings it to the master here you have what is yours, but his master said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have at least received interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has much more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, what is it that Jesus requires of us? This parable is about Jesus. Jesus is the master. Jesus has initiated his kingdom, and he has entrusted to us some very precious things. He's entrusted to us eternal life. He's entrusted to us his spirit. 
He's entrusted to us his word, and he has gone into heaven. And one day he is returning, and we, his servants, will stand before him, and we will, like these, give an account for what we did with what he gave us. He's given all of us life, right? Life. We all have breath in our lungs, strength in our bones today. We, we have the ability to think and to reason and to, to imagine and to create and to work. He's given us so much. Here, Jesus has an expectation for his servants that they will multiply what he's entrusted to them. Two of them do a good job. They, they double the investment. The, the third doesn't do such a great job and does not live up to the master's expectations. Have you ever failed to live up to someone's expectations before? They, they laid it out for you clearly. They wrote it out for you plainly. They, they, they said, this is what is expected of you, and you didn't do it. Maybe you slept in or you were depressed because the Cowboys lost and you didn't show up for work and got fired or well, who, who knows what. I think, I think we've all experienced not living up to others' expectations of us at one time or another. If you're married, you certainly know what that's like, not being able to live up to somebody else's expectations. Um, I remember a few years ago, I had a conversation with my wife. It went something like this. I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember the conversation. She said, I don't remember what it was that I was doing, but she said, stop, stop doing it that way. And we had been married for a while at this point. And I said, well, honey, I've always done this this way. And she says, yeah, I want you to not do it this way. I want you to do it that way. I said, okay, I can do that. I can adjust. I can change. I'm flexible. Sure, absolutely. So I said, okay, from now on, I'm going to do it this new way. Well, she, she said, well, no. I want you to do it. Sometimes I want you to do it the old way, and sometimes I want it done this way. I said, okay, just help me. I, I can do that. I'm here to serve. I'm your husband. To love and to serve, that is my duty. So... Just tell me, how do I know which time to do it the old way and which time to do it the new way? And she said, these are her exact words. She said, well, it depends on what mood I'm in. <laughs> to which point I filed this under, don't ever bother trying to figure this out. You'll never get it right. That's why I can't even remember to this day what it was about. We, we've all experienced not living up to someone's expectations, especially when they're not so clearly defined. However, the Lord does not have changing and shifting moods like we do. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never have to wonder when you wake up, does God love me today? Am I still his child today? What does God want me to do today? No, God never changes. He cannot and will not change. 
This is what is called immutable. He cannot change. He does not change. He does not shift. He does not have mood swings. How many of you say praise God that he doesn't have mood swings? Amen. There's not a certain time where he's just mad and angry. God is always the same. He's always in a good mood. He's in a God mood. It's better than a good mood. He's, he's, he's awesome. And, and here he lays out for us, Jesus lays out for us expectations that he has. These do not change. These do not shift. These do not uh, transform. It's not that he expected this of some people and not of others. And God's expectation and the thing that we need to ask ourselves is, what am I doing with what I've been given? What am I doing with what I've been given? You may have been given a little, like that servant that did nothing with what he was given. You may have been given a lot. The issue is not how much you've been given. The issue is what are you doing with what you've been given? The truth is that all of us have been entrusted with eternal riches, eternal life, life from God. We've been entrusted with the gospel message, the most powerful thing in all the world, the power of God into salvation. The gospel's the one thing that, that changes everything in our lives. We've been, been entrusted with it. It's not an accident that you've heard the gospel message. It's not an accident that you're saved today. It's not by happenstance. It's part of God's divine plan. And so what is it that the Lord requires of us and wants from us? It is simply this word multiplication. Multiplication. Multiplication is what the Lord wants from us. That we would take what we've received from him and that we would work it and that we would grow it, and that we would multiply it. So how do you do this? How do you multiply what God's given you? How do we grow what the Lord's entrusted to us? You know, the, the first thing that God told Adam and Eve in the garden was to be fruitful and multiply. This is God's plan for humanity, that we would be fruitful and multiply. Now, certainly there's a natural component to this of, of, of parenting and fathering and mothering children. That's not exactly what I'm talking about this morning. But if you are married and you want to go about doing that, that's one way to grow the church. So God bless you. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about today. How do we multiply the gospel, the word of God, the spirit of God? How do we multiply what God has given us? You invest it. You invest it. That's how you multiply anything. As we look at this story, that's what these faithful servants did. They, they took what the master had given them and they went and they, they spread it around. They invested it in, in other avenues, other ventures. The wicked according to Jesus, wicked and slothful and lazy and unfaithful servant, what he did was instead of putting it out there and investing it, he just buried it in the ground. He did nothing 
with it. You invest it. You don't spend it on yourself. You don't waste it. You don't simply use it, but you invest it. And so where do you invest the gospel message? Where do you invest the word of God that you've learned? Where do you invest the spirit of God that we've received? We invest it in other people. That's where we invest what we have received. We invest it into others. We invest it into people. In uh, one of Jesus' other parables, he tells a story about a farmer who goes and, and scatters seed. And some of the, the, the seed that he, he, he sows, it, it bears good fruit. And later, Jesus tells his disciples that in that parable, the, the, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, you think of a farmer who sows seed. Does he have any power to make that seed grow? No, he doesn't. Where is the power? Where is the life? It's in the seed. The, the life, the power is in the seed. And you have received, you have had seed sown into your life, KBI graduates, that is bearing good fruit. And as you take that that has been sown into you and you don't just let it be buried in your life, but you begin to share it and invest it and, and give it away and give it away and give it away. It's not on you to make it grow. Only the Lord can bring the increase. But what we must do is faithfully invest it, faithfully share it, faithfully spread what has been entrusted to us. And then God will make it grow. But the power is in the seed. The power is in the word of God. Amen. And I've seen each one of you grow through our time together. I was almost crying when Eddie was giving his speech. I mean, just like hearing him talk about what God's done in his life is awesome. But it's, it's not me who's done the work. The power's in the word of God. Amen. And as we share it, and you can share it, you can give it away, you can spread it around, and all of us can do that. All of us can do that. God causes it to grow. God causes it to multiply. The power is in the seed. The power is in the word of God. The, the, the servant that Jesus called lazy, unfaithful, slothful and wicked, four words I don't ever want to be called. When, when he came to the master, he said, I was afraid to go and invest and to spread. I was afraid. Listen, you cannot let fear stand between you and what God's called you to do. If, if, if you're going to be afraid of something, have a healthy dose of fear of standing in front of the Lord and having nothing to show with what he gave you. That's called the fear of the Lord. And the, it's a good thing, the Bible says. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you're going to be afraid of something, don't be afraid of people out there. Be afraid of standing up there in front of him, the fear of the Lord. Don't be afraid to, to share what God has given to you. Fear will paralyze you. It will stop you in your tracks, but faith will propel you. 
will cause you to move forward. So I encourage you and everybody here today to trust in God, to trust in his word, and to move forward in faith, to use what you've been given. It is a good deposit. It's a good deposit. It's good seed that's been entrusted into you. So share it and spread it and serve others and and spread it around and give it away. Invest it into other people and to other lives. You have to start giving away what you've received. You have to start multiplying with it. Don't bury it in the ground. Don't make excuses like this wicked servant did. I think he was just lazy. I don't think he was afraid. I think he was just, just a lazy guy. Don't make excuses. You're not too young. You're never too young to be used by God. It's a lie from the devil. You're not too old. Amen? You're never too old to be used by God. The devil's a liar. He wants to tell you you're too young until you're too old. And then he wants to tell you you're too old. And you go your whole life never doing anything for God if you listen to the voice of the devil. The devil's a liar. We got to shut him up. And we do so by boldly proclaiming the word of God, by boldly speaking the truth of God in every circumstance. I'm going to leave you finally with Galatians 6, 9. It says, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So don't give up. All of us who are here today who are serving the Lord, we are investing our lives, the word of God, into others. Don't give up. Maybe you've been praying for people, maybe people in your family. Don't give up. The Bible says we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Finally, I want you to remember, graduates, that we study the Bible for, why do we study the Bible? Transformation, Transformation, not just information, yes. That we need God to transform our hearts and not just fill our heads, good. I want to remind you that God is sovereign, that he is in control, that his word is powerful and his plans do not fail. I remind you that God is faithful, that he always keeps his promises. There is not a promise in this book that he has failed to keep, that he will keep every single last one of them. And from the very beginning to the very end, from Genesis to Revelation, all of the Bible is all about Jesus. And remember the gospel. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember the grace of God that we experience In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So at this time, I'm going to invite Pastor Terry to come and to help me present our graduates with diplomas. And I want to also tell you that what you have obtained through this process is so much more than a piece of paper. It's worth so much more than this diploma. That while this is an important moment, what this paper signifies and what this diploma signifies and what it should remind you of is the investment that you have received. And so every time you look at that, I want you to think, what am I doing with what I've been given? And by God's grace, you're going to be people that multiply and are fruitful in your lives. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to invite the graduates to stand at this time.
And as they come, let's give them a big hand this morning. Praise the Lord. As I give these out. Thank you. When I taught these students and when I t teach many people, I always tell them uh, when God reveals something to you or gives something to you, what does that make you? You remember what I told you? Makes you responsible. And this is to honor them today, but it's also for you. You are seeing something today and you are hearing things today. Therefore, you are responsible and you are accountable. And God, to, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. So at this time, I'm going to present these students that have studied so hard that they realize that the Word of God has changed them. And they can go forward and change many people through that same Word of God. First one we have is Laura Jean Jagoy. Next, we have a real champion, Zoe Champion. <laughs> this next gentleman, I can truly say, I've really seen how the Word of God has changed him and made a new man. Justin C. Clark. The next graduate, uh, she's not really a ghost to our church, but she's come and joined us, and I'd like you to encourage others. They don't have to just be from this church. A lot of people come from other churches, but she's been a tremendous student, Grace Flores. graduate, you already met him. Uh, he was a, a great student. I think most of his grades were uh, 100. That's why he was a valedictorian. Edward F. Jimenez, Jr. Next one, he's a little bit older, like uh, uh, Matt was saying. He's a little bit older, but he knows that God can use. I'm one of those little bit older ones, too, and God's still using me. 
Joseph F. Keener. As I introduce this uh, next graduate, uh, she's a lady. You know what I find out? Those ladies are really smart. They really do well in class. Rosa Iris Narvaez. Next graduate, a young man, but he's really begun to shine with the Word of God in his heart. Kevin D. Uh, Serrata. So what we want to do now is we just want to pray over the graduates and uh, just believe for God's best in their life. And so I'm going to invite my wife, Heather, to come with me, and uh, we just want to pray. Uh, just a blessing over uh, each one that God's purpose would be fulfilled in your life. I know that God's got a great plan for each one of you, a great purpose, and uh, I'm excited for, for you to see God fulfill that in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one of these, Lord, each of these graduates, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, use them, Lord, this, this time that we've had together of learning, of studying your word, Lord, that it would just go down deep into their hearts, Lord, that your plan and your purpose for them would be accomplished, Lord, and the ministry, Lord, that you have for each one of them Lord, I know that you have something for them to do, a way for them to multiply, to grow, to expand your kingdom, God. We thank you for that. We just speak blessing over them today. We speak an impartation of your spirit today, Lord, to help them, to move them into the plan and the purpose of God that you have for them. Lord, we thank you for each one and for what you're doing in their lives. We bless them today in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give them one more hand. So at this time, I'd like to, graduates, turn around and face the uh, congregation this morning. Yeah. And I'd like to present to you the 2019 class of King's Bible Institute. You guys can turn your tassels because you're graduated. There you go. Very good. Very good. I just want to say, we're going to close with this today, but I just want to say that if the Lord has pricked your heart today, that you should be one of these in two years, you need to come on Tuesday night and see what it's all about. How many of you out there have also finished KBI? 
A lot, a lot of you have, right, yes. So KBI, it, 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 it's just, it's the word of God. It's not KBI, it's not Keith's Bible Institute. It's the word of God. And, and spending two years to study it, it will transform your life. I promise you that. You cannot leave the same way you came after you spend two years devoting yourself 400 hours to God's Word. And you can do it. Many of these didn't think they could do it, and they talked to me ahead of time, and I said, no, you can do it. I know you can do it. So you can do it. Uh, so it's Tuesday night at 7. We'll start this Tuesday. I'll, give, I'll tell you what. I will give you a money-back guarantee. If you come and you say, you know what, I, I just don't think this is going to work out, great. We'll give you, we'll refund you the, the admission fee. It's very reasonable. I think it's $35 per unit, and uh, there's six units a year, and it ends up being 12 units total. So it's very, very reasonable. Basically covers the cost of printing the workbooks. But we want you to come and to study God's Word. It will be a blessing in your life. It will multiply incredible things in your life. If there's some of you who started it maybe a few years ago and you haven't finished it yet, Rosa is one of those students that started in 1997. She started. That's right. And life happens and things come up and so maybe, you, maybe you're one who started in 1997 or 1987 or whatever. Come and finish. Come and finish God's Word, and you can be standing up here with the graduates. So one last plea. Come and study God's Word with us on Tuesday nights. You can sign up in the foyer if that's something that you want to do. And uh, thank you for being here today. Let's multiply what God's given us. Let's grow it. Let's invest it into others. Let's be a blessing in the community this week. We're believing God for great things. Hope to see you on Tuesday night. God bless you. Let's give our graduates one more hand this morning. <laughs>